Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. So, you know, we, 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 we're certainly living in challenging times. <laughs> um, and if you're not challenged, then I don't know where you are uh, or, or if you're uh, awake. <laughs> but they're, they're definitely challenging times, even if it is just the fact that we can't meet up as a community. Um, you know, I think it's a miracle that uh, we started Rhonda Bosch um, and we planted Rhonda Bosch uh, uh, Grace Life um, during this pandemic, um, just after strict lockdown, you know, it was at the end of um, April or the beginning of April, I think we started somewhere around there. Um, and we, you know, it's, it, there's such a fear around COVID and, and all that kind of thing that, you know, you wouldn't expect a new church to strive. You wouldn't expect to, to reach new people. And we haven't maybe reached as many people as we would have outside of, you know, the, the circumstances of COVID and lockdown, but we have definitely you know, um, brought people together. We've definitely seen the community grow and get established. And, and I, I really am thankful for that, for the way in which uh, things have taken form. <clears throat> but, you know, there's, there are many challenges for, for everyone out there. And, you know, it, 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 the, the challenges, the lockdown, everything, health challenges, it, it's, it's not um, uh, purposefully targeting Christians. <laughs> they, it, you know, these challenges are targeting everyone. Okay, um, and so you know we mustn't feel extra special just because we're a Christian living at these times uh, and we're going through trouble. Um, we need to see that everyone's going through trouble, <clears throat> and you know I, I like to say we, we we will always have trouble. Jesus said, "In this world you'll have trouble, but we don't have to be troubled." Okay, and that's the beauty. We need to learn to live a troubled-free life. Not you'll never have a trouble-free life. You're always going to have trouble uh, in your life. Okay, but <clears throat> the challenges are for everyone, regardless of faith. Okay, government is imposing regulations on everyone. Okay, regardless of faith. And, and uh, like, I, I really am amused at how many Christians are crying out that this is persecution. You know, and that, you know, if, if they're saying that the church is being persecuted, Christians are being persecuted. Um, and I think it's, it's largely because maybe they have a wrong view of church. And so, you know, they, they, they don't know, that they, they think that church is just a Sunday service and now they can't have Sunday service. And so they're upset because that's the entire summation of their Christian experience, you know? And so now their Christian experience is gone. And so they're upset because you've taken away my Christian experience. Well, if, if Sunday was your only Christian experience, then <laughs> you have to question, like, what kind of a Christian are you? Because it's, Christianity is much more than a Sunday experience. I, I'm really thankful for the Sunday experience. But, you know, there's so much more than just the Sunday experience. Okay? You know, we, 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 if people are, are, are crying out that the lockdown and COVID is, is just a persecution against uh, uh, the church and against Christians, then those same people don't have a clue what persecution is. You know, go and Google it. It's, it's, it's not the, the government saying you're not allowed to meet uh, uh, because of COVID. Okay. We can still be the church and we can still fulfill the mission of Jesus without gathering in person. I believe God's heart is that we would gather in person that we wouldn't forsake the assembling together, but we can assemble together like this. Even during this time, make it a priority not to forsake the assembling together of ourselves. And the Bible says, as some are in the habit of doing so, you know, let, let's make sure that we're, we're, we're um, uh, uh, prioritizing meeting together and that we're prioritizing gathering services, Bible studies and prayer meetings and what have you, <clears throat> because it's, it, 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 it's vital that we keep stirring each other up. We keep encouraging each other in what we're called to. Otherwise, we're just going to be like the world. And none of us are called to be like the world. Okay? 
I prefer to meet in person and I look forward to meeting in person uh, again, but I thank God for internet. I thank God for technology. I thank God for telephone. You know, uh, 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 every single person in this meeting has, uh, can be thankful for being able to meet like this. We, we've got a church in Solari's Pass, which is um, near, just on the other side of, of Somerset West. And, you know, we have a unique situation. It's a, it's a poorer community and they don't have enough data to be able to meet online. And if they do have data, not everyone has phones even. You know, we, we recently in the community there, um, someone who used to be in, in our, our church, uh, her son was murdered in the community. And, um, and so we reached out to her as a, as a church family and, and we're like looking after them and, and just, you know, just ministering to them and doing the funeral and all sorts of things. And so we wanted to like send the mother uh, a gift card, you know, just to, to bless her. And she didn't even have a phone to receive it electronically. So, you know, you know what the answer is for lo during lockdown in that community? The, the pastor, Emily, she's had to write out a letter, a teaching letter. She's had to print it. And on a Sunday, she goes to every single person, member's house, and she gives that to them to connect with them. And then she leaves. So she's just a delivery person. So she's gone back 2000 years <laughs> to, to Bible times, really, because the, the community doesn't have some of them cell phones, some of them don't have WhatsApp, some of them don't even have enough money for data. So we really are privileged to be able to meet like this. And the whole world doesn't have this opportunity because there's a lot of people who don't have internet. And we must, we must remember that. It helps us to be thankful. You know, Paul, the apostle Paul was in the ultimate lockdown in the book of Philippians. Okay, he was in lockdown often where he was locked up for his faith. Now that's real persecution. Okay. But in lockdown, he wrote in Philippians four, verse four. Okay. And if you can maybe just type out the, um, the references there for us, but Philippians four, verse four, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So, you know, Paul is saying in the middle of a, a, a prison, and prison wasn't a nice experience. It wasn't like, you know, um, the local hotel or, or Airbnb. It was rough. It was probably not pleasant. And, and here he is saying rejoice in the Lord always. You know, he says rejoice in the Lord, meaning your circumstances may not give you reason to rejoice, but you always have a reason to rejoice and it's in the Lord. And so we need to rejoice in God. Focus in on who he is, that he's with us all the time, that we're living with him for eternity. And that should stir us up. That should encourage us. And we should be even in the midst of trials and tribulation, the most encouraged and encouraging people, joyful people on the face of the earth. As Christians, I'm going to say this, even though I thought maybe hold back. As Christians, we have no reason to be miserable ever. In the midst of challenges and trials and adversity, we should still be the most joyful people on the face of the earth because we are living for eternity. We're not just living for the here and now. We're living for eternity. Okay. Paul was uh, in, he was experiencing real persecution. You know, uh, uh, someone writes a blog teaching or they put up a teaching and, 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 and then they get, you know, have uh, 10 people come against them and they're like, wow, this persecution I'm experiencing is so bad. And, uh, uh, and, and they label it as persecution and it's a mild form of persecution. But don't rejoice so much until you have rocks thrown at your, 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 your face, you know, and things like that. Because persecution is something more serious than what we in the West know it to be. Okay, I did some research for our benefit on this. <laughs> Forbes, in January 2021, so this is Forbes, they, they wrote this, one in eight Christians <clears throat> worldwide live in countries where they may face persecution. So that's, that's, a, that's a large percentage, okay? And on an average day, 13 Christians are killed for their faith. We've got a lot to be thankful for. 12 Christians every day are unjustly arrested, detained, or imprisoned, and five are abducted for faith-related reasons. You have more than enough reason to rejoice 
even under lockdown. You know, according to Open Doors, which is a, a, an amazing missionary organization worldwide dealing in uh, countries which are closed uh, to, to, to uh, freedom of religion, um, they say that in the past year, and this is recent statistics, so in the past year, 2020 to 2021, 4,761 Christians were killed for their faith. That's persecution. They say that 4,488 Christian buildings were attacked for faith-related reasons. And they say that 4,277 believers were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned for their faith. They were not doing something wrong. They were just following Jesus. Yeah, and I think that this is really important because there's a real pseudo gospel uh, out in the world, which uh, is saying that, you know, come to Jesus and everything's just going to be hunky dory. And uh, it's not, <laughs> you know, Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you because no servant is above his master. And so we've got to realize that the Christian life is not exempt from trials and tribulations. But like James says in the book of James chapter one, he says, rejoice, uh, even in trials, even in persecution, we can rejoice. We should consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. Okay. So, you know, John chapter 16, verse 33, let me read this. Jesus said, John 16, 33, these things I have spoken unto you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation or trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So my message this evening isn't one of doom and gloom. <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it is waking us up to the reality that we live in in the world. But what I want you to see is like Jesus said, there's going to be trouble. Okay. In John 16, 33, you will have trouble in this world, but, and he puts a, 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 a but there to say that, even though there's going to be trouble, you can be of good cheer. You can, because he has overcome the world. So we can be of good cheer. We can, we can rejoice because we are in Christ. And because he has overcome, we have overcome. Okay. Now there's much trouble in this world because we live in a fallen world. Okay. You don't have to be a Christian to experience trouble. Okay. But as Christians, we will experience more trouble or different trouble than the world will experience. Okay. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 12, second Timothy chapter three, verse 12 says, yes. And everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So this is saying that if you want to live a godly life, you're going to be persecuted. Okay. Those 4,000 plus people who were murdered, uh, uh, persecuted to death in the last year were, per were, were killed for their faith because they wanted to live godly. They wanted to live for Jesus. Okay, so there is trouble, but, you know, we don't have to be troubled. Okay, because our purpose in, in life as believers isn't comfort. It's eternity. Okay, our purpose is not material. It's eternity. Okay, our purpose is not harmony in the world or peace on earth. Our purpose is eternity. Yeah, our purpose of eternal is of eternal value, and it certainly impacts the here and now. It affects this life, but the effects that it experiences that we experience in this life are secondary to the primary and most important reality of our Christian faith, which is eternal. When you become a Christian, eternity comes to live inside of you. And now you're living for eternity. Okay. And you're living with eternity in your heart. And so, you know, when, when things go wrong and things happen, you know, you can, you're always above it and not beneath it because whatever happens in this world, whatever is thrown your way, whatever the devil tries to do, whatever uh, the, your enemies in this world, the people who don't like you try to do, that they are never your enemies. They just see you as an enemy because we don't have enemies in the world. Our enemies are the devil, sickness, all of those kind of things. 
But, you know, whatever people try and throw your way, whatever the enemy tries to throw your way through people, you're above it, not below it. You're not even on par with it. It doesn't have to affect you because no one can do anything to you which is of eternal value. That, that, that's really, really encouraging. You know, in our current teaching series, we're going through Ephesians and we're looking at the reality of Christianity. And I said this last week, I want to say it again. You know, uh, uh, we're focusing in on what God intended with Christianity. Because if we look worldwide, Christianity has become something which it should have never been. Okay, there are definitely large pockets around the world of true believers who are worshiping Jesus in spirit and in truth and which are following him uh, and everything. But, but, you know, the world's picture of Christianity seems to be horribly wrong. I mean, if it was right, then they would be receiving Christ. Amen. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's a huge picture of Christianity, which is just wrong. Okay. You only need to travel throughout Europe to be able to see that. I mean, throughout Africa and South Africa as well, but like I'm just thinking now of, of going through Rome and, and seeing all the different churches and things and relics and whatever, and they've made Christianity something which it was never meant to be. You know, Christianity was never meant to be a movement of uh, moral codes and, and things like that, which we follow now to try and become like Jesus. Christianity has always been, on God's mind, the Spirit of God coming to dwell in man. And then you have a friendship with him, a relationship with him, which is eternal, which is forever now. Okay. Now, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God didn't want anyone to perish. He wanted them to experience Eternal life, which is relationship with God, and it's the Spirit of God now living in you. Amen. So, when you become a believer, you are joined to the Lord from now until eternity. And that should encourage you and, and help you to get through whatever comes our way in this life. Nothing should ever discourage you. Nothing should ever uh, 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 throw you off course. Because the one that's in you, 1 John 4 verse 4, is greater than anything in the world. It says that greater than he that is in the world. But I'm saying it's greater than anything in the world. Because God is bigger than anyone in anything. So continuing, you know, let me just say this. If you get a revelation of this oneness that we have with Christ, it will radically shift everything in your approach to this life now. And it's not going to stop you from having problems in this life. But what will happen is the problems that you experience, whilst they may be exactly the same as everyone in the world, you will be, deal with it differently. And, you know, the problem is a lot of Christians don't have a Christian worldview. They maintain an ungodly worldview without realizing it. The way they see the world is natural, just like the unbeliever. And so they approach everything as natural. But as Christians, we should have a supernatural. I like the Afrikaans word for supernatural. What's it? Buenaturlik. So it's like it's above natural. So supernatural, yes, but above natural. It's, it's not on the same um, uh, playing field. It's a different level. And so if we have a supernatural uh, 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 worldview, it means that we're going to approach natural things supernaturally. So the doctor says, you know what? You've got COVID. You know, naturally, you approach that in a specific way, and I encourage you, isolate, <laughs> take your vitamins, all of that type of stuff. But we do the things that are natural and the things that are supernatural, above the natural. Now we deal with it in prayer, in faith. You know, powerful testimony. You know, um, um, last week, uh, one of our leaders in Johannesburg, uh, he and his wife got um, uh, COVID. And he said, you know, with the wife, it's really bad, so please pray. And, you know, I, I've been uh, contacting them every day a couple times and, and ministering to them both. 
but they didn't really tell me how bad it was until yesterday. <laughs> okay. And um, on Friday, uh, they took her to the hospital for some tests. Uh, she was struggling with her breathing and things like this. And I uh, prayed for them while they were on the way to the car, uh, in the car on the way to the hospital. And they, they messaged me on the way back to say, the doctor said, go home, rest. And they will bring, the doctor says, they'll bring oxygen home for her. Because I think the hospitals are a bit crowded. So it was a case of, we'll bring oxygen and we'll, we'll look after you at home. Okay, because you, you're, you're not in good shape. Um, now, what they didn't tell me then, but um, uh, Christian told me yesterday, was that um, they, uh, the doctor actually also said, I've done everything I can do. You just have to go home and kind of like wait this thing out. If it gets like, he, he was kind of like, I can't give you anything else. There's nothing else I can do. Here's the number for the ambulance. If anything gets worse, you phone immediately. Because it was kind of like at that point where it's probably downhill from here. But at that moment, I mean, I'd been praying and ministering to them a lot. And on that day, uh, um, just before the doctor, were, um, on the Saturday, the doctor was on his way to bring the oxygen and just do a few more checks. And, and um, as a leadership, we were having a gathering and we prayed for them and we interceded for them and we prayed in the spirit and we spoke life and, and all sorts of things over them. And they were listening in and immediately her, 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 her situation improved. So we dealt with it in a supernatural way. And things were all of a sudden much better. The doctor arrives with the um, oxygen and says, you don't need this anymore. You've improved. And, you know, from then on, it was just more and more improvement. I think it was on the, the next day, the Sunday or so, there was just a few lingering symptoms. And uh, she started working from home again. And the, 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 she, she was able to read her daughter a, a small book a toddler and you know start to to kind of get up again and and she was recovering much quicker now where that wasn't what was supposed to happen naturally but because we've got a supernatural god inside of us when when we come to things that are challenging us naturally we should always respond to them in a supernatural way because we are not just natural people now we're born of God, which makes us supernatural. So I challenge you to not just look at life naturally, but whatever comes your way, you look at it supernaturally and you approach it in a supernatural way. I mean, before church last week, you know, we put the, we, got, we had the wrong fuel put in our car <laughs> just across the road at the shelter. And that could have, like, uh, uh, for, for a natural person, that would have just been devastation. I didn't get upset. We dealt with it. We walked over to church because we had to leave the car there. And it was all sorted out, you know. And within 24 hours, we had the car back and, you know, a full tank of, of gas, complimentary, even though we had only put 150 in. And uh, they had uh, cleaned the filter, uh, replaced the filters drained the, the other fuel, put new fuel in, and they had snacks in the car and gave us complimentary coffee and all that just to say we apologize for all of this and thank you for, for, for being so graceful in the way that you've dealt with it. See, you know, even if the car was completely destroyed, it would have been upsetting, but we're above that. We're, 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 we're above natural. We're, we're supernatural. So we don't have to be devastated like the world's devastated when things go wrong. Because we've got a father who looks after us. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Let's uh, get into our, our, our um, main text for the evening. It says, now we, we, we read this last week. And uh, um, we went into one baptism, one faith. And now it goes on and it says, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay. So what I want us to see here is, again, Paul is, is trying to help us to see the reality of what Christianity is all about. Okay. Here, here, here's actually something I just want to throw in for free. Galatians 2.20 is the reality of Christianity in a nutshell. You are dead. You no longer live. 
Christ lives in you. If you can get this, this is going to radically change your life. It's going to radically change the way you approach life. When you realize that you're dead, and it's no longer you that live, but Christ lives in you. Firstly, I mean, you can't tempt a dead man. Okay. Secondly, you can't insult a dead man. Thirdly, if Christ is living in you, then that means you're not natural anyway. The natural is dead. You're supernatural. You have Christ in you. And Ephesians is dealing with our oneness in Christ. So this is showing us that, hey, you've got uh, uh, Christ's nature inside of you. You've got Christ's character inside of you. You've got Christ's power inside of you. You've got love. You've got joy. You've got peace. You've got patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And you've got power over all the power of the enemy. Power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You've got that living inside of you now. You're supernatural. And if you can catch the reality of this as reality of Christianity, it will change the way you approach things in life. It'll set you apart from the unbeliever, notably, in that when things go wrong, they're going to be like, hang on a minute. Why don't you get upset about these things as much as I do? Even Christians who are more natural than supernatural will start to see, hey, why are you like this? And you say, it's because I don't have to live like that. You can say, it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay, so let's go back to Ephesians 4, 6 to, 4, uh, 6 to 7. It says, one God, one Father who is above all and through all and in you all. So this is saying one God, one Father of all. Now, in context, Paul is dealing with church unity. I've been saying that the last two or three weeks. Okay, so in context, he's not referring to uh, a God's universal fatherhood. He's referring to specifically his fatherhood of um, uh, believers. How as believers, we are his children. As believers, he is our father. Okay, so it's specifically fatherhood by grace through faith. Okay, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6. The New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6 says, But for us, there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there is one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. Just saying, there's one God, one Father. We have one Father as believers. That, that, that there's one family. We need to see <clears throat> our, the unity <clears throat> that we have as believers. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6 in the Passion says, He is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. I love that because it's saying that God is the perfect Father who leads you. And I, I kind of said a little bit about this last week, but God is fathering you. You have to let him father you to experience that fatherhood. Okay? And the awesome thing is, is he's the perfect father. So you, you might not have had, come on, let me say it like this. None of us had perfect fathers. Doesn't matter how good your dad uh, uh, was or is, your dad wasn't God. And some of you said, amen. But the point is, is that, 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 that you have got a perfect father. Don't limit what God can do in your life because of the way that you see your earthly father and your experience with him as good as it may be. Because God wants to exceed your, ex, your, your expectation on his experience as dad. He is your dad. Okay, he's not some figurehead. He's not some cold, distant uh, 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 leader. He's not your leader. 
He's your father. That's why the spirit in you cries out, Abba, Father. The, the spirit of God in you is drawing you into that intimate, deep relationship with him. Amen. Then it says, the, 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 let me read it again. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. So I want to focus in on works through all and then the other one. So works through all is referring to specifically, I believe, the abilities of the spirit within you. You've got Holy Spirit, Jesus himself, living in you. Amen. <clears throat> now, now you need to see that you have the supernatural miracle working ability of God in you. Okay. In you is the supernatural miracle working ability of God. Okay. The Bible speaks about it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11. I'm going to read it in a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11. That you know, they, 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 the gifts of the spirit. I prefer to call them the abilities of the spirit. Because for some reason, when we, when we think about gifts, we think it's something for us. This is mine. And it's not. Okay. But then also with gifts, we think of a present wrapped. When, when I say the word ability, you think of something completely different. You think of something that you can do. See, the gifts of the spirit are not, most people see it wrong. They see it as a badge of honor to be worn on a Sunday. Or oh, I've got the gift of prophecy. I've got the gift of whatever, you know, and, 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 it's, a, and, and it's something that, that they're honored for. I've got the gift of uh, good looks. Now, that's not a gift of the spirit. <laughs> but, you know, like whatever gift they've got, they think it's a badge of honor to be worn on a Sunday. Yeah, and if, if, if you view the gifts of the spirit like that, then when the government closes down churches because of COVID, you'll be upset because you don't have an opportunity to wear your badge of honor. Amen. But, but, but if you view it for the right reason, the gifts of the spirit are um, uh, tools to get the job done. Yeah, that talks about ability. The, it talks about supernatural ability. The gifts of the spirit are, are tools to get the job done. Then you, you're not bothered about uh, uh, not being able to gather in person for a couple of weeks or even permanently because you can still do the work because you've got the ability to do it. You just have to change the packaging of how you do it. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 12 verse 40, 11 says, now there are diversities of, of gifts, abilities, but the same spirit. Now you'll see the word same spirit, the word same spirit come up again and again and again. And what's great with that is it's showing where the emphasis needs to be. If, this, the word, if some word is repeated again and again, it's repeated for a purpose, okay? So <clears throat> there are diversities, different gifts, different abilities, but same spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are differences, or sorry, diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the, the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given the spirit by the spirit, the word of wisdom. You can see the spirit is mentioned a lot. Word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge to the same by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the same self-spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Now, there's a lot of things that I could get into with this. And uh, we could really do a, a great um, in-depth teaching on the gifts and abilities of the spirit. But what I, I want you to see one major important thing here and that is the same spirit that you have is the same spirit that i have is the same spirit as 
Etienne has, is the same spirit that Atika has, is the same spirit that Michael has, is the same spirit that Malcolm has, is the same spirit that Amber and Anna, all of us, those are the only names I can see on my screen. <laughs> all of us have the same spirit that produces all of these different administrations of the ability. <clears throat> okay. So we all have the same ability. We express it differently according to the need. Okay, and, and this might challenge your thoughts and the way that you see the gifts of the Spirit, because, you know, we, we, we've limited the Holy Spirit to a gifts test, where we do a gifts test, and I've, I'm strong in words of knowledge, prophecy, and whatever, you know, and so those are the ones that I focus on, those are the ones that I go for. Then you get into a situation where a miracle is needed, and you're like, I'm sorry, I don't have the gift of miracles. I'm not complete in Christ. Let me go and find someone who has the gift of miracles and I will connect them with you. Can you see how ludicrous that situation is? We're like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I, I don't have a gift of faith. I don't, I can't prophesy. I'm waiting for those with the gift of prophecy to prophesy. I don't do words of knowledge because Jesus in me doesn't do that. Jesus in you does all of that. You just don't do that. You don't want to do that. But you've got the ability to step into it. Now, if you've got a Bible, you, you want to turn with me um, to 1 Samuel chapter 10. Okay? I've got my Bible and I also have to turn to it. Because um, <clears throat> I just realized it's not in my notes. <laughs> so 1 Samuel chapter 10. And I want to show you something really cool here. Okay. First Samuel chapter 10. Verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and, and, uh, and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Now, anointed here... It, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of, I've got a teaching on my healing series, series on, on SoundCloud on anointing. Go and listen to it if you've got some confusion about that, especially after what I'm about to say. But anointing here does, isn't something mystical. Anointing literally just means chosen. Okay. And in the, in the New Testament, there is no anointing like this. Okay. But we're not doing that today. So, you know, the prophet poured anointing oil on Saul because God had chosen Saul to be king. Okay. What came first? Was it the, the oil or the anointing? It was anointing. He chose, he anointed him. And then as a sign of that, he put the oil on him. The oil came because of the anointing. Okay, New Living Translation in verse 1 says it exactly like I'm explaining it now. It says, Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head and kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. Now stick with me because there's something really important that I'm going to bring out here. Okay, Anointed is chosen. And it does not mean power. See, in, in New Testament, New Covenant, Christian circles, we are, 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 are limiting our understanding of, of Christ in us by thinking that an anointing needs to come upon us and that anointing gives us a power to be able to heal the sick or live like Jesus lived. What I want you to see is that nothing can come upon you to cause you to live like Jesus in power. Because what, what you have in you has already equipped you to be able to live like Jesus and live in his power. Okay, so the oil is not the anointing, but it's indicative of the anointing. Okay, did Saul receive any supernatural ability in verse 1? The answer is no, nothing. Okay, the oil was just oil. 
But now, jump down to verse 6. And the King James Version puts it like this. And says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. Now, this is the anointed, the man of God. And, 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 and the word to him is, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Remember, it's Old Testament, though. And because the Spirit is upon you, you shall prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. Okay? The anointing didn't turn him into another man. The anointing didn't give him power. Okay? But the Spirit of God that came upon him turned him into another man and gave him supernatural ability okay the spirit brings supernatural ability look at verse 7 and let it be when these signs are come unto thee that thou do as occasion serve thee for god is with thee verse 7 is the key i want us to look at right now so i'm going to read it again and let it be when these signs are come unto thee that thou do as occasion serve thee. Do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. So when the Spirit came on Saul, it was up to Saul to do as the occasion demanded. Okay? This is Old, old Covenant, but there's a principle that still, rely, still relates to us, still applies to us. He had the ability of God and he didn't need anything more he didn't need any extra power okay he just needed to do it okay the new living translation says after these signs take place do what must be done for God is with you born again child of God I'm talking to you now <laughs> you've got the supernatural ability of God in you you're one with it now, do as the occasion demands. Do what needs to be done because God is with you. Okay? You've got the ability of God in you. He's working in you and he's working through you. But he doesn't do it without your consent. He doesn't do it independent of your will. You've got to align your will with his will so that you can do his will so that you can step out lay hands on the sick and see them recover people don't get healed unless we heal them god's power it's god's will to heal but we are the custodians of god's power and his will i'm going to give you a new testament example of that in a minute okay acts chapter three you can go read it for yourself I, i've shared it two or three weeks ago you know the the, the, the story in Acts chapter 3. Um, yeah, uh, 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 who's it? Peter and John, I think. James or someone. <laughs> They're going to the temple to pray. And um, uh, um, on the way, they see a lame guy. And remember we said it's not his jokes that caused him to be lame. It was that he was born without the ability to use his legs. Okay? So that was the lameness. It was a paralyzedness. Um, he was a paralytic. And, you know, the guy says, do you have silver or gold? Peter says, I don't have any. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, and then he, he got up and he walked. You know what, what, what Peter didn't say? Peter didn't say, just hold on a second. Father, is it your will to heal this person? And then wait and then say, you know, God said that it's your time. He didn't ask God about timing. He didn't ask God about anything. All he did was heal the guy. He didn't ask God, God, please give me the power to heal this guy now. He just healed the guy. He didn't say, God, you know, uh, 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 work through me now. He just healed the guy because he knew what he had and he used it. As a Christian, you and I need to know what we've got and then we need to use it. We need to release Christ in us to minister through us to those that are around us. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, going back to that. <clears throat> but to each one of us, grace was given according 
to the measure of Christ's gift. I love this last part here. Okay, the passion puts it like this. <clears throat> and he has generously given each of us supernatural grace according to the size of the gift of Christ. Okay, so now we, we read that and it goes, to each one of us grace was given. So we think grace was given to this one and a little bit different grace or a, a more grace or whatever, you know. Different abilities. But we all have one God, one Father, one Spirit, one faith, one baptism into one Spirit. And that Spirit is in us. And so we, you and I don't have a different Spirit. See, we, we, we even have this mistake of thinking that I've got, I shared this last week, we, we, we mistakenly think I've got my Spirit and I've got God's Spirit living in me. It's not like that. You've just got Holy Spirit. There's no you spirit. <clears throat> that spirit's dead. You, you were made alive. You, you were, you, that's the, why it's new birth. You were born of God. Okay? And, and now you've got to see it as the, that spirit that you've got is exactly the same spirit that I've got. We have the same spirit. That's what unites us. That's what joins us together. That's what unifies us as the body of Christ. We are one with each other. Okay. And let me read it again. But to each one of us, grace was given according to, in proportion to the measure. It doesn't say a measure. It's the measure. Okay. Of Christ's gift. You know, when I read that, I was like, Christ's gift sounds like something I've got to pay attention to. And, and so I went and I, I, I kind of, followed a, the rabbit trail and you know the gift of christ or christ's gift it's it's not talking about gift of prophecy gift of this or gift of that or whatever it's talking about one thing i believe that according to the gift of christ which is the holy spirit okay the promised one so john chapter 4 verse 10 john chapter 4 verse 10 Jesus answered and said unto her, if you knew the gift of God. Now, Christ is God. So if you knew the gift of Christ who, and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. Okay. So here in this situation, Jesus is, is he asks this woman at the well, give me, give me something to drink. And she said, you know, um, and they have a conversation. And then Jesus turns to her and says, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for a drink. And, and it, then it goes on in verse 11 and says, I would have given you, or goes further down and says, I would have given you living water. Living water is referring to Holy Spirit, which is showing us that the gift of God is the Holy Spirit. Okay, Acts chapter 10, verse 45. Acts chapter 10, verse 45. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 shows us. Uh, uh, you can go read the context and understand that, but it's implying that we've tasted as believers. We are those who have tasted the heavenly gift and are partakers of that Holy Spirit. Okay. So the point here is, is that the more we realize the ability of God that's in us, the more we are enabled to live like Jesus. So, you know, I, I love how we started off this meeting and we do it even when we're in person, when there's the, like giving opportunity. What do you feel on your heart? What do you feel the Lord's saying to you? And this is, this is how we want to build Grace Life Rondebosch. This is how we want to uh, uh, um, or, uh, be together or, or gather together and, and have our services together is to, to kind of go, okay, you know what? We've got the same Holy Spirit. Okay. Yes, myself, Etienne are, 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 are the government of the meeting. We're the elders of this meeting. 
Okay, so we are, are making sure that things are in, in de decently and in order and going in the right direction. But we want to know what are you sensing on the Holy, uh, what's on your heart from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to minister through you to us and through us to you. And there should just be a crisscross of um, uh, um, ministry taking place. Yeah, because God's, God never desired for church to be a spectator sport where you come and watch the man of God perform a couple miracles where you come. I, I've done meetings like that. You know, I, I, the one meeting I'm thinking of, it stood out in my mind. I did a conference in, in, um, uh, um, in England and it was awesome. The presence of God was so tangible and people were coming up and being healed. And it was awesome. It was really, really great. And, and I believe God likes those kind of meetings, but what's even more uh, uh, better, whatever, what's even better, betterer is, is when we're ministering to one another, when we're stepping into the, 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 the spirit together. And when you, even someone who's been saved maybe for a week, reaches out, lays your hand on someone and sees them healed. Because you know what? You don't have a, a, a baby Holy Spirit. Let's just think about that for a moment. You're one with God, one with Christ. You've got the Spirit of God living in you. Now we have this mindset of, I need to grow in the things of God. Yes, you do. We grow in our knowledge of who He is. We grow in our understanding of the things of the Spirit. And the more understanding we have, the more fruitfulness can, can happen. But your Spirit cannot mature. Your soul matures. Your understanding matures of what's happened in the spirit. But your spirit, it's not old. It's not young. It's eternal. Your spirit is Jesus. Jesus knows all things. And so when you're engaging in the spirit and praying in the spirit and, and starting to get words of knowledge and, and revelation and whatever, it's not in proportion to how much you've matured your spirit. It's in proportion to how much you're opening up your understanding to see what's in Christ and what's and Christ in you, that is. You're not reaching up somewhere to try and get something, but you're, you're, you're letting something that's within you flow out of you so i want to encourage you with this not to 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 just um be a normal believer like everybody else but start to to be like the christian that god intended us to be let's live supernatural you know in the past uh, two weeks or so with with uh, the a lot more people you know getting COVID and things like this it's been awesome to see how many people have recovered quickly supernaturally because of being aggressive with it and ministering to them and not just COVID, but all sorts of things that should be our normal. It shouldn't be something like, wow, this major miracle happened. We should be excited about miracles, but it should be normal part of our life. Amen. So I want to, I want to just pray for us. Father, I thank you that, that every single one of us would just awaken to the reality of Christ in us this is the reality of of christianity that we would awaken to the power and character and nature of you in us that we would not uh, um, not just expect life to be and services even and gatherings to be business as usual just like everybody else but that we would realize that the living god is in us and the living God wants to come out of us and minister to people around us, minister and refresh people and heal people and restore people. Even the, the I just feel like God saying, yeah, stop despising yourself. There's somebody here that, that, that you are despising yourself. You're looking down on yourself right now and saying, I've definitely got a couple of things I need to work on before I can do that. And that's the point. The power of God the, 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 the moving in your life or through your life is not in proportion to your holiness. It's not in proportion to your Bible knowledge. It's not in proportion to anything but faith. You just need to believe this. It's by grace through faith. Thank you, Father, right now for an opening of our understanding to know and see 
to know and see Christ in us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I know that there's, there's a couple of people who you might have COVID or you might know of someone who's got COVID. If, 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 if you know someone who gets COVID or you get COVID, contact your campus pastor. If it's me in, 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 in Rondebosch or if it's uh, Etienne in Tigerberg or whatever, contact us straight away so we can minister to you. And um, yeah, allow the body to minister to you as well. I had COVID in January and Martin had it too. And, and so I know what it's like. I had it badly and overcame it, praise God. And, and I, so, you know, I know what it's like and, I, and I, I can sympathize and I'm not blaming you for getting COVID. I'm not blaming me for getting COVID, but together we can overcome it by ministering to one another. Amen. So if you uh, 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 wanting to, 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 to respond, and just receive healing and stuff like this. Firstly, I would just encourage you, in, in any sickness, we're going to pray for, for, for healing now in a second, but whatever situ, uh, condition you have, um, it doesn't matter. The power of God works the same for everything. That's the first thing. The second thing is, please contact us and let us bombard your uh, WhatsApp inbox with uh, prayers every day so that we can minister to you, okay, and see that thing leave your body. Then also just, uh, but, but you have to contact us for that. We, we, we don't know what's going on in your, your life unless you, you, you make contact with us. Um, and it doesn't have to be Etienne or me. It can be both of us. Okay. Um, uh, uh, but I want to encourage you just to, to, to really <clears throat> be aggressive with these things, with sickness, be aggressive with, with COVID. And don't just expect to experience what the world experiences because we're not natural, we're supernatural. So if that's you and you're responding for, for, for healing in your body, there's a raise hand function. Raise your hand. <laughs> we're not going to ask you to speak for something. It's just for all of us to be able to see on here um, who, who's needing ministry. And then I, I want to encourage you just to um, put your hand on your chest. And if anybody else is... Um, um, uh, if you, you're looking at who's raising their hand then I encourage you just to, to, to pray, pray in the spirit, pray over them and feel free to even message them. I don't know if you can message them on this platform or if you just minister to them um, uh, uh, privately on, on message, but, but let's just be the body of Christ and minister to one another. Amen. So Father, we just thank you right now for the ministry of your spirit to each and every single one of us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare healing and wholeness in those who are responding in Jesus' name. Anyone who has sickness in your body, I command sickness, leave now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, COVID, I curse you, you die, and I command life and healing to flow. Every symptom, go in Jesus' name. Any other sickness in your body, go in the name of Jesus. I release life and healing and wholeness to manifest right now in the name of Jesus. Healing virtue flow now in the name of Jesus. If you haven't already, just put your hand on your chest. The Bible says we would, that believers would lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So you are laying, as a believer, your hand on yourself in agreement with the, 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 the Bible. And you're saying, I am healed in the name of Jesus. And I just command life and strength to manifest in your body now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just command your breathing to open up. I command your lungs to be strengthened. Be whole in the name of Jesus. Cough, stop in Jesus' name. Any fever, I command you, be broken now. Leave in the name of Jesus. 
I just have a picture of someone, you've got sore eyes. Your eyeballs are literally sore. <laughs> if that's you, just inbox me there and tell me that that's you so I know who I'm praying for. But right now, I just uh, I pray for that individual who's, who's got sore eyes. Doesn't have to be COVID related. It could be, I don't know, you were working too long on the computer, whatever. But in the name of Jesus, I just command healing into your eyes. All pain, discomfort, go now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Sharon, just put your eyes on your hand on your eyes, not your eyes on your hand. But <laughs> and in the name of Jesus, I just command right now, all pain, discomfort, go. Whatever is at the root of this, be healed in the name of Jesus. I speak restoration and release life and strength in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, be whole in the name of Jesus. All pain, all discomfort, go. How's it feeling there? Thank you, Father. We just release life. Good. Amen. She says it's good. That's awesome. Praise God. Father, we just thank you for your love and your goodness. If anyone else has a word, just uh, we've got many hands raised, so don't raise your hand. Just inbox me. <laughs> If you're feeling a word on your heart, a word of knowledge or something. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like God is rejoicing in his children right now. And he just wants you to know that even if you never did anything for him, he, he rejoices that you're his child. He, he's so delighted in you. I feel like there's somebody here, you're saying, I don't want to pray for the sick. I don't, want to, I don't want to share the gospel with people. And I, I just feel like God's just saying to you right now, the pressure's off, you don't have to. Just, just, just keep receiving from God. Keep, keep focusing on Him. Keep allowing Him to love on you. And, and you can grow into that. But that's not God's aim for you to, 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 to heal the sick. God's aim for you is that you would know and experience His love. So the pressure's off. Just relax. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see someone trying to go through life. They're walking through a maze. And I hear God saying, look up, stop. Look up. Thank you, Sharon. Somebody here, you feel like you're going through a maze. You're trying to uh, make decisions and all that. And God's just saying, stop and just look up to him. That's your answer. You've been looking for an answer and that's your answer. The word is a light to your path. That's really good. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this is really important that in a time like this, we can minister to each other like this words of knowledge and prophecy and you know, that's why we're not broadcasting on Facebook or something, because, you know, we want it to be a, a, an intimate moment between us where if you've joined in, then you can partake and you can receive. So if you've got a word on your heart, write it down. Thank you, Father. I also just feel like someone here, you, you, you're feeling trapped. You're feeling like, uh, you're in a corner and you feel like there's no way out. I'm not going to say who it is, but just private message me. Someone just responded to your word, Sharon, and said that that's uh, for her. Someone feeling trapped, someone feeling it actually might link up with the maze thing. But Father, I pray for whoever is feeling trapped right now, whoever feels like there's no way out. And I just speak. Just peace to their hearts in the name of Jesus. And I declare 
that they will, will, will have the wisdom that they need because Christ has become their wisdom. They will have the wisdom they need to get out of that situation and to move forward and advance with you. In Jesus' name. Amber says, I see a picture of a dry place. It looks like there used to be a river, but circumstances have caused it to dry up completely. But allow God to let his waters uh, stream back into those dry places. And he, now I've lost it because there's other words coming forward. <laughs> and he, and he will satisfy you. Amen. That's good. God will. If you have a word, please uh, unmute. Struggling to keep up with all the words here. Yeah, I just um, I just saw a picture of um, shards, like uh, shards of a, a bullet fragments. Um, and the picture and what God was just saying to me is that there's somebody who's got um, who was hurt a long time ago, but there's still some shards or some fragments of that incident that's still plaguing them up to now and they still haven't healed completely and God wants to heal them right now in this moment to remove all those fragments of that past experience whatever they went through that's that's still haunting them up to now amen would you pray for them please father we just thank you we thank you because you are the healer you are we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us. And right now I speak into this situation of this individual, Lord, who's got, was hurt a long time ago and who's got this, who still has memories and experiences of their, of their head from the past. I just speak the healing power of Jesus into their life, whatever will be it physical, emotional healing. I just speak that in the name of Jesus Christ and I declare wholeness and healing in their in their bodies and in their minds and that they may completely receive what you have in store for them and that they may continue now from this day forth to to walk in victory to walk in in freedom to walk liberated from whatever affected them in the past and we declare this in the name of jesus christ amen amen thank you father thank you father Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your love and your goodness and that we can be assured that throughout this week, love and goodness are hunting us down, <laughs> that, that, that we can experience peace no matter what's going on, any part of the world. We thank you, Father, that your love is always with us, is always for us, because you are love and you're never leaving us. You're never forsaking us. So come what may, we're going to be fine. We're going to be good. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.